0: Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Alu Axelman. We are joined today by a great pro Liberty champion, Mr. Ben Ware, for Sheriff of Merrimack in the election in November. Ben, thank you very much for joining the Liberty Block.
1: Glad to be here, brother.
0: Great. And before I forget, we are sponsored by Silver Dave. So go to the Silver Pool at uh, Stark Highway and Ware and check it out the silverpool.com. Tell them Liberty Block sent you You will get a 5% discount on the Silver Bits. All right, do you have any Silver Bits yet? T- One 10,000 silver?
1: I don't actually. I haven't gotten any of those. Makes the hyperfractional
0: one tenth of one ounce silver.
1: Oh, uh, sweet.
0: Ninety-five silver. Yep. For small transactions too.
1: That's awesome. But yeah, he also I got- I started collecting gold backs. Good. Uh, I haven't good. quite gotten on, on the silver yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He has all uh, like 10 ounce, one ounce, five ounce. Um and the tiny oh, cool. ounce bits. Yeah. And, and his prices are the cheapest I found. So that's where I buy my stuff. It's awesome. Awesome. Good. So you are. Pro Liberty, you're running for sheriff. It's a partisan. Your your Republican affiliation might be listed on the ballot, but there's no primary because it's pretty nonpartisan. So it's November.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, I'm I'm running as a libertarian. Like I had to write libertarian on the ticket. Uh, but you know, I don't know if they actually write the the party affiliation or not. It could go either way. I'm assuming that they do, uh, just because they ask for the information, but uh I don't know because I'm unaffiliated, uh, just because they don't have ballot access here yet. So And and it's in November. Do you know what date the election is? November 8th is the election. Yeah. Okay.
0: And there are three candidates running?
1: Yeah. So the incumbent, David Croft, uh, he is uh, like Democrat. He won by like, I want to say it was like 1,200 votes. Um, The last Republican sheriff got a DUI and basically got kicked out of his job. I think it was Um, multiple DUIs. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then um, there is a... uh, There is a a Republican guy that they're going to be throwing on the ballot. Um, he did miss the filing deadline. Uh, I think it was just like, he started posting signs around town. So, you know, they're running somebody, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't make his deadline, but you know, the two party system always protects itself. So. Mm
0: -hmm. And you are, um, well first before we even get to that Merrimack County is, uh, Concord and the whole region. So down to Hookset. I'm the lowest part of it and it goes North up North of Concord, probably a little bit and East and West. So if you're in that region, if yeah. you're in Merrimack County.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, it's a, it's a big County. I mean, it's like, you know, one of the most populated counties in the whole state. So, you know, even up like in Loudoun, um, you know, it's like Boscawen in uh, I'm in Pittsfield, which is on the border. Um, pretty much the cutoff is like Epsom and Pittsfield on this, uh, Eastern side. But uh, but yeah, it's a big county. There's a lot of people that need represented. So,
0: yeah, I'm going to try to look at the border. So, yeah, so Pittsfield, it looks like kind of the eastern border, Pittsfield, Epsom, the northern border, Franklin, Tilton is Merrimack County. Northwest is Danbury, which is far from everything, and New London, so all the way halfway up to 89, Newbury, Bradford, which are far west, and Henneker, and Dunbar Inn. And where is Hillsborough? But Dunbar Inn and Hookset are in Merrimack County. So, so if you're in any of those towns or anywhere in middle of those four uh, directions borders, then you're in Merrimack County. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, what was it that motivated you the most to decide to run for sheriff and, and get involved in politics?
1: Um, well, when I moved here, um, you know, I moved here to help advance liberty and try to facilitate liberty in our lifetime, and um, you know, I, I, I wanted to wait a couple years to be honest with you uh, a couple more years to, to maybe run for like a representative or something like that, you know, state house, something, but um, you know, this came up, you know, I, I was doing a lot of help with uh, for the Jeremy Kaufman Senate campaign and also Carlin Bersenko's uh, governor campaign, helping them get ballot access and um, book events and stuff like that. So it, I kind of just like dove head in and I was like, you know what, these are great. um, But like, do we have anyone running for county office? Really? The the answer was no. Um, I did just recently get elected as chair for Merrimack Valley Libertarian Party. So I believe in leading by example, too, because I'd love to see more libertarians on the ballot uh, the next election. Um, But, um, you know, I am just trying to think here, what county offices, what more local offices uh, could somebody run for? that actually can make a libertarian difference or a liberty difference in the world. And honestly, like I, I the one that just stood out to me the most was County Sheriff, um, you know, cause I've, I've looked into this before, you know, I've heard about the constitutional Sheriff movement and all of that. Um, and uh, you know, like obviously these last couple of years, law enforcement has done a horrible job of actually like, upkeeping their, or upholding their oath to the constitution. And, um, you know, I was like, I'll do that. It's like 10 bucks for the filing fee. I'll get, you know, a couple signatures, couple hundred signatures, and, uh, I'm on the ballot and, uh, people deserve an option because they are sick of the same old way of doing things. And ultimately this kind of started as like a, a messaging campaign only, uh, where I wanted to give people a good, uh idea of what the libertarian solution to modern day law enforcement issues is um and provide those solutions to people and give people ideas start thinking outside the box um you know like over 40 percent of this entire state's voting demographic is actually unaffiliated so um you know I, i don't really think this is necessarily a partisan thing um but people are open to the idea of like, yeah, something does need to change the same old way of doing things is not working anymore. Um, so let's, you know, I'm, I'm the guy I'm, I'm want to try something new, you know, I'm running I'm telling people, you know, I'm a constitutional sheriff. I support the constitution. And for the last, I don't know how many years there hasn't really been a sheriff that stepped up in New Hampshire to say like, I will uphold the constitution above all else. You know, mm-hmm. if, if there's, uh, some kind of, run down from, you know, the national, uh, federal bureauc- bureaucracy, uh, such as like the mask mandates and, or, uh, gun restrictions or whatever it is. Um, I would expect that there would be some sheriffs to push back on that, but to be honest with you, based on what I've seen the last two years, I don't know if it would happen. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. They kind of just, uh, fell in line. Most of them did. So, um, it's unfortunate, but someone's got to do it. And uh, I definitely think that I'm a leader that could get the job done, so.
0: Yeah, some people do want a sheriff who has a lot of law enforcement experience. And I'm sure that's a question that'll come up when you're knocking doors. I'm sure it's come up already. Do you have any experience? um, Or if so, and if not, then why should people elect you sheriff?
1: I am not in law enforcement. I've never been in law enforcement. And I've, um, you know, I, I kind of, early on in in my early twenties, I was in the army. Um, when I got out, I went to school, um, wanted to be like an economist and, you know, honestly that I hate numbers too. So, uh, that didn't really work out the greatest either. So I I've been working as a pipelining technician, um, you know, and, and I, I love doing construction. Um, I'm planning to probably start my own thing possibly at some point. And, uh, it's just one of those things where I was like, you know, I don't have law enforcement experience, but I mean, we all kind of know what needs to be done, what needs to be changed, but why aren't the changes happening? Um, and to be honest with you, I really don't think that you should have any kind of requirement to have law enforcement background for this position, because it really gives a good checks and balances to the system. Whereas it's that, that has basically been completely non-existent, uh, across all levels of government, not just county, but, uh, this would, I, I believe serve as a, a really good way to uh, get some fresh perspectives and ideas, um, and actually like start implementing things, uh, you know, in that way. So in New Hampshire, the state government has a lot of power, towns and cities and counties don't
0: seem to have a lot of power. The, the cities and towns, law enforcement seem to be mostly conducted by police and some state police. Do you know what the sheriff's role is? Sheriff, county sheriffs, their departments in New Hampshire, what do they generally do? And what do you see? What's your vision for what your department would do? Would his role be bigger or smaller or different?
1: Um, My like, I want to give sheriffs back their like role, like at least like when I'm there. But As of late, like, I don't know how long it's been going on, but sheriffs don't actually uh, really fulfill all their duties that they are that are given to them in like the New Hampshire Constitution. Um, There's a huge list of duties and and things that they are allowed to do or not allowed to do. Um, But ultimately, sheriffs have a lot of power. And, um, you know, I'm not any kind of power hungry person. I don't I, I don't care for power at all. But the truth is, is that like they can choose to enforce certain laws or not enforce certain laws. But the question is um, currently
0: a lot of the laws are, are enforced by, by town or city police departments. For instance, my police department at Hookset is pretty good besides for like pulling me over once in a while. I don't have any big issues with them. They're decent considering their police. Um, but when there is a state, probably not state, but when there's a federal law, when dictator Biden makes an executive order saying all guns, all magazines hold more than 10 rounds are banned. And he says, local police will give you each a million dollars and new drones, and we'll give you these fun stuff and give you money if you enforce this. And the police department in it starts enforcing it. Are you going to do nothing? Are you going to help them? Or are you going to stop them?
1: Oh, are that's you stop them? it's completely tyrannical. Please? And um, you know that's like one of those things. Like I, I would definitely not enforce that. But also on a broader scale, like if the ATF comes knocking at the door of Merrimack County. Um, I can basically tell them to kick rocks. You know what I mean. If they're coming to, you know, knock in somebody's door and try to, like, you know, take their guns away or something, like I can tell them to kick rocks. Well, the ATF um, is already
0: going to houses. I don't know if you saw the video a few days
1: ago. I did so, see it. And that was it's a Biden executive order,
0: or was that from a law? Because they did pass a law through Congress a few weeks ago, I believe, um, that directed the ATF to, to do, be more aggressive and go to people's houses and harass them when they buy two guns in the same period. It's not a crime, but just harass them. But there's also a yeah. few executive orders. Do you know if that ETF action was because of a recent Biden executive order or that law?
1: I don't know if it was like directly tied to that, but I mean, I'm under, I would assume that it is. Um, the thing is, is that um, people like need to really understand what rights they have when someone comes to your door and asks you like, hey, what did you do? Like on this day, like firearms, like first call should be to your lawyer, not your mom. And also uh, get a warrant. That's you know what I mean. Like, and then on that note, a sheriff has to sign off on on warrants. So I could single handedly prevent and stop all no knock warrants from ever if it's happening federal, again.
0: Then you you have to sign off on it.
1: Um, I because the federal I don't know. Do I, I feel like I feel like yes, because they do have to come through are the more local jurisdictions to, to make that happen. Um, but like I said, like if they come to our County's border, I mean, I could basically tell them like, no, you can't be. So when they come come to my house, if I have time, I
0: can call you. If you're a sheriff and you will send deputies to my house and escort them out of our state.
1: Even better. I will deputize you. (laughs) Okay. And then you will have the same rights as I do as a, as a sheriff, you know what I mean? So like. ultimately like, but yes, I could, I could prevent that from happening. Um, as long as you're within my County's borders, um, you know, that's, that's totally a realistic thing that could happen. So
0: excellent. And what are the other big issues that you see as an issue now, or that you would do differently as, as far as, um, gun control? you uh, spoke about a little bit and, and drug laws, victimless crimes, I assume you wouldn't be big on spending resources to, um, uh, enforce victimless crimes,
1: Yes. Right. Exactly. So that's definitely one thing is, uh, you know, in New Hampshire, obviously like cannabis is technically decriminalized, but they've still, uh, put in jail, you know, there's still like over a couple thousand people that have been put into jail for, for having weed in their possession, you know, civil asset forfeiture is another huge one. Um, you know, just since like 2016, there's been, between 10 and $15 million that has basically just been stolen from New Hampshire citizens. Um, which for people who don't know what civil asset forfeiture is, is like you get pulled over a cop has like, you know, the right, they could literally take your stuff, your money, your possessions, whatever it is. You don't even have to be found guilty or anything like they can literally just take your stuff and never give it back to you. And the only word for that is theft. Um, You know they can use whatever fancy terms they want to, but that they are one hundred percent have the right to steal all of your stuff and all of your money, and it's happened numerous times. Um, Obviously, like I said, fifteen million dollars almost over the last like ten years. So, um, you know, stuff like that. But there are a couple other things that I'd like to focus on that aren't necessarily directly related to the Constitution. Um, But I would say, uh, you know, providing better de-escalation training, um, is a huge one because we don't want things to, uh, you know, escalate over a heated conversation. Um, and two, uh, definitely mental health. Um, you know, like I've, I've lost friends to PTSD and I know the struggle there. Like I don't personally have it, but I've, I've seen this happen. And, um, you know, the, the truth is, is that there are solutions out there and they're not being provided, but also like they don't like to be talked about either because it is definitely a stigma, um, you know, among military law enforcement, firefighters, like anyone, like anyone that goes through regular traumatic situation, you know, even in the medical field, um, it's, it's a real thing and it's something that's not addressed. So that's definitely something that I'd like to try to, um, you know, help out with as well. Um, so I think it's, If you have a healthy mind, you can expect healthy relationship with your community as well. So,
0: And along those same lines, there's legislation that I I wrote. I wrote the full bill a few years ago, and I've been trying to find a sponsor thus far unsuccessfully for a state rep to propose legislation. It's pretty simple. It would essentially require law enforcement, all law enforcement in the state of New Hampshire to approach people who seem to have an altered mental status the same way paramedics do. So again, I'm a bit biased and I have some different training. But whenever I see someone, a patient or any person on the street and I'm not at work, who's confused, who's irritable or violent or acting out or anything abnormal. So if they look like they're having a stroke, I assume they are, have a medical issue. I obviously, I, I don't go close if they're dangerous, but I don't assume they're dangerous and violent and evil and should be killed. I carry a gun. I don't shoot them. I assume they're confused and need help. Either because of drugs, yeah. psychosis, acute mental issue, chronic mental issue, drugs, stroke, head trauma, seizures, um, drugs, poisonings, and, and hypoxia, um, hypercapnia, and a lot of other issues. And, and low blood sugar, high blood sugar, stroke can cause altered mental status. So it's from the medical training, whenever I see, and I've had a lot of patients confused. Some were confused and, and docile and sleepy, and some were confused and violent. People have tried to hurt right. me very badly because they're violent. I never struck a patient. Right. Um, But police forget violence. If you even are confused, they will kill you. I've seen a lot of videos on video from body cams of a person they pull over and he's confused because he's deaf or having a stroke or blood sugar is 30. And if they don't respond immediately with coherence, the cop either pepper sprays them or shoots them or beats them up really badly and puts them in the hospital or or kills them and punishes them. And that's a punishment. Forget being charged or convicted. They're being punished when they're just there and their only crime is being confused because they have an issue. Um, so this legislation would, would force cops to go through training just to, to be able to diagnose and to see basic mental status. And if they're confused, they're not doctors, but the police do have to call EMS and back off. So depending on exactly how safe it is, if a person is confused at shooting people, obviously they can engage or do what they have to do, but if a person is pulled over, and I've seen this many times, they're having a stroke, so their whole right side is drooping, including their right arm, so they crash and they're pulled over on the right, and the cop goes there and doesn't recognize a clear stroke that any toddler could recognize, and they start punching or pepper spraying or shooting the person just because they're confused and they're not answering. And the same with deaf people. People, if they don't answer, they assume you're a threat and they kill you, whereas if someone doesn't answer me, I don't shoot them. I assume they are deaf or confused or something. So do you think police should approach people when they see they're confused, should shoot them, or should maybe think maybe there's a medical issue, even if they're on drugs, even if it's a crime, they don't deserve to be shot. Even if they're driving while on coke and heroin, they could be prosecuted for that crime and punished by a court later, but the cops shouldn't punish them. Cops can never punish. They can only arrest, and the courts punish. And they should. Would you agree they should call paramedics maybe?
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, I mean, I definitely don't believe in qualified immunity either. So um they're essentially they are our neighbors and you know, we are all in this community together. And um, you know, oftentimes we'll maybe have to interact with them. Uh, but the truth is that we should see people as people, not as criminals, you know, because that's really that's not the cops to decide anyways. That's Technically, police you know, officers
0: exactly. never see criminals. They see right. they can see a suspect. Criminal means they've been right. convicted. And again, that's why I wrote, I wrote a whole book about this concept. Y- yep. You're presumed innocent. So even if, if you're the sheriff and you see me smoking weed while kicking the dog and punching an old lady, you can't call me a criminal because I have not yet been convicted in court. You can, you can arrest me and say I'm a suspect and suspected right. of the crime of drugs and punching an old lady. You can't punish me. You can arrest me. You can defend yourself if I attack you, but all you can do is arrest me, bring me to the criminal justice system, the prosecutor, and then the court and the jury can convict me and the judge sentences me and sentence means punish. You can't punish me. Cops never see criminals unless you work in a corrections facility. Cops literally never see criminals. They see suspects and suspects cannot be punished. Right.
1: Right. And, you know, like that, I don't know, it's not like exactly on this line, but it's kind of same train of thought here you know, like when I lived in Sacramento for a couple of years, there was actually like a 13 year old, like black girl who, um, got the absolute crap beat out of her by this cop. Um, and it's because she was autistic, like legitimately autistic. She's very socially awkward and she wasn't answering the cop's questions. She was avoiding him and the cop straight tackled her and started beating the crap out of her. And this happens all the time, all across the country. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen situations even, you know, here in New Hampshire, just during like COVID, you know, there's a lot of people that were being, uh, tackled to the ground or, or arrested for just simply not wearing a mask in, uh, an arbitrary mask only area, whatever, you know what I mean? Even if it's in a public space, um, you know, people were, are getting attacked and obviously that comes back onto the, the mental health of the cop as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'll just say that I think that's definitely. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm showing the screen if you can see the screen. Yeah, can you yeah, see the like, article? yep,
0: it's a whole article when people are confused, cops kill that with a lot of examples.
1: Yeah, 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 it's, that it's it's literally like it's a becoming more of a common occurrence every day. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know. Um, maybe they're not recognizing the signs or trained to see those signs. Um, but the truth is, like I said, like uh, we live in the same communities as all these cops and and why is it that they feel like they have so much authority over everybody that they're um, giving people like attitudes up front and, Uh, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. They have a very like dangerous job. You know, like a traffic stop is like one of the most dangerous things that a cop could do, but, um, to be fair, they are enforcing a victimless crime, even with that. So, uh, (laughs) there's that traffic stops are totally
0: not necessary by the way, because either they can let them go. If there's not a real danger, if there's a clear present danger, if someone's driving 180 in a residential area while shooting out the windows, there's a danger But they can pull them over, but pretty much for the same exact price, they can send a ticket to their house because cops all have an MDT. They have a laptop facing them. They all type while driving. So they they can deny it, but they all type while driving. They can type in the license or they can pull over. And that license, they know their address. They can send them a nice letter in the mail with a ticket. They already do this sometimes. So we don't need traffic stops that stop the police car, stop the person. Danger for everyone because of traffic and fatalities and stabbings and shootings. Either of them can get shot and die. The cop can get run over by the highway, and get clipped and killed, and then he has orphans for kids. It's very sad, uh, but also it, just the, the lost yeah. time and productivity, the GDP yeah. lost from the cop and the person who is, has a productive job and is being sat, wasting 30 minutes on the roadside times a billion times around the United States, we probably lose yeah. like a trillion dollars in GDP from traffic stops. Right. Not to mention, by the way, for the environmentalists listening, you know what idling means when the police car and the traffic, the vehicle pulled over are idling for 30 minutes each. The total, I don't know how many billions of tons of CO2 that wastes every year, but for those who care about CO2, you could save like this by ending traffic stops and sending tickets to the home or not doing them at all. They can save how many billions or trillions of tons of CO2 from the idling for hours at a time every year.
1: That might be a good little spin to my campaign, like save the earth, stop polluting the air with idling cop cars. <laughs> but you know, uh, um, are you a fan of Michael Malice by chance? Yeah. I've listened to a few of his stuff. Not, not everything. I don't, I'm not a regular. I'm so fresh. like I'm, I'm an anarcho-capitalist uh, actually, like, you know, like I was an anarchist when I was 16. And then when I was in college, I started reading like Rothbard and getting interested in Austrian economics. And that's what turned me into an ancap. cap. Um, but uh, you know, I, I was listening to something he said a couple of years ago um, where, you know, in a perfect society, you're absolutely right. Cops don't need to exist you know, in in a perfect world, in the world I want to live in, in Kapistan, everybody's the police. And that's why, um, you know, my slogan for this campaign is hashtag deputize everyone, because everyone really is on an equal playing field. Um, Like there is no person that has the authority over another person. You know what I mean? Aside from, you know, like God, like for me, you know, uh, um, I feel like a lot of people just fall into this arbitrary authority, like who you, you never signed this social contract. It just, it, it doesn't exist. You know, it's like, you an just inherent, born in-
0: it's like a, a caste system or hierarchy where there's the yes. politicians, the high class, like the Kings, the royalty, the police, law enforcement, their goons, And there's us peasants, people like you and me We're like the serfs, the slaves, the peasants who right. have no rights.
1: And like, I'd never signed anything or I never like, you know, uh, gave up my, my personal right to choose what I want to do. And, uh, the truth is nobody did like, we were just born into this and expected to fall in line. Um, but that's like, that's not what the founding fathers wanted. They didn't want a King. They fled the King, you know what I mean? And, but the system we have in place now uh, you know, it, it's just, it's the, the bureaucracy is so huge. There's millions of employees with the federal government. Um, and arguably, most of them probably claim some kind of authority over you. Mm-hmm. Like, no.
0: So here's a tough scenario. You're elected and then the federal government, the DHS, offers the Merrimack County Sheriff's Department, which you would be the head of. Um, 1.5 million dollars to be used specifically for sobriety checkpoints, and they do this with, with police departments here. Um, over the weekend, in the summer, people are drinking. You know, just do a sobriety checkpoint. They call it a, a, a saturation patrol for um, DUI. Um, but just pull over everyone and and just make them prove that they are not drunk, and then let them go. No big deal. You would do that. You'd accept the federal money and do that, and no harm. If if you know you have nothing to fear, you have nothing to hide just blowing this or prove you're not drunk and then to let, let them on the way to stop everyone. What's the problem? Not
1: a chance. Not a chance. A okay. uh, safety of the roads like, and
0: drunk drivers.
1: Yeah. Like that's, I, I drive past signs every day that are like lit up and uh, not on permanent fixtures that say like, don't drive drunk. They're on like rented out uh, DOT signs that are also costing taxpayer money. Uh, just to have them sitting on the side of the road, you know, flashing, don't drive drunk. Like if they, if they really want to get that message across, maybe just put a fixed sign. It's like maybe, probably maybe a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks. I don't know what it costs. All I know is that having that thing sit on the side of the road, nonstop for years and years, like that costs so much money in rentals from the D.O.T. But, but to be fair, that, there are
0: a lot of people who don't know you shouldn't drive drunk. For instance, there are millions of people in the United States who went to government schools and those people <laughs> didn't learn much and they may not know that you are supposed to be sober when you drive so I yeah because i definitely excuse for, for them
1: I definitely didn't hear don't do drugs in school that never that never was a phrase and, and they never said don't drink and drive that's not something that has been on TV brainwashing people forever but um you know I, like i i'm absolutely against drunk driving like please don't drive drunk um i'll i'll just say that um, i think it's Really important that, um, you know, for sheriffs that are in that position where, like, they have to try to accept federal money, like millions of dollars to fund all of their little campaigns and stuff and their little uh, adventures, like buying huge freaking armored vehicles and all this stuff. Like, the truth is, all of that money could be going towards grants to help the community. In, in situations like, you know, I just had talked to, uh, a, a, like a 72 year old lady or something like that. You know, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, but she is being evicted from her home, uh, because she's on social security and her husband passed away and his social security is gone. Um, so, you know, she's behind on her taxes by like less than a thousand bucks and under threat of eviction, like shouldn't, if we have to pay taxes, shouldn't we be like helping the most vulnerable people? You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's like, you know, instead of accepting funds for that, why don't like, why are we not helping period? Um, you know, I would never want to send an officer to someone's house to, um, uh, arrest somebody's grandma you know what i mean yeah absolutely so but uh yeah like so it's it's just one of those things so go ahead yeah we're actually
0: running out of time because the zoom will only give me eight more minutes apparently so before we do run out of time what's a website or other places where people can find out more about you and your campaign
1: um so my website is www.weir w-e-i-r for the number four liberty dot org so we're for liberty dot org um you can also follow me on facebook ben we're from Merrimack county sheriff um and occasionally um at the emo and cap And uh, those are pretty much the places you'll find me. Um, The best place to find all of that though, is straight through the website. It'll link you straight to my Facebook and social media profiles. So we're for liberty.org. You know, you can sign out ever, you know, you can just watch from afar if you want. I'm not judging, so.
0: Excellent, excellent. And and you're also a musician, right?
1: Yeah, yep. I'm in the recording studio right now. Oh,
0: nice. Are, Are you a guitarist or singer?
1: um in my band i was the singer but i can't play guitar and my first instrument was bass um and yeah i've, I've played since i was you know like 11 years old so um definitely a long time I, I love playing bass but you know i'm trying to get better at the most important instrument at all of all as a musician and that's like the computer side where it's all like the recording and producing side of things so um that's probably the most valuable instrument you can learn as a musician. Yeah. I was just talking so, to my, um, my little
0: brother. He's a guitarist and, and sings and my oldest brother's a guitarist and can sing a little bit, but they've both been in bands. And, and he, he told me, you know, one day you want to buy an audio interface or mixer and, and XLR cables and everything. And I'm like, yeah, when you give me a million bucks, I'll buy all those things, but I, I would love to eventually have a studio.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's, this is a work in progress. It's taken me uh, several years to get to, this point of having like these cool things over here. But um you know you can't see them. But maybe if you ever come to my house you'll be able to see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Last question. Uh, also, but uh you know money. I'll start doing shows again at some point. Good. Go ahead. Good. Uh, do you have a, a family? Say that again.
0: You have a, a family you live with?
1: A family?
0: Yeah. You have a wife and kids.
1: Sorry, you're froze. Yes, yes, my uh, number one supporter and uh, my best friend and my soulmate is my wife. Um, she's she's been great. Um, you know, she's super apolitical, and I think she probably gets annoyed by all the political nonsense that I, I put her through. But uh yeah, like uh my wife, and that's it. I don't have any kids. I have two cool dogs, um, Jack and Indy, they're my kids, and uh I have a snake named Theodore. It's a corn snake, so nice. <laughs>
0: Okay, excellent. We're we're almost out of time. Thank you so much for being with us. Check out the site. I'll post the site in the description and the links and everything. And hopefully before November, you can come back on sometime soon again.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I was happy to be here. And thanks so much for having me. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon.